So Money Episode 1270, our Cost of Climate Change series continues today, Why It Matters to Bank Sustainably, with Rallyus CEO Geetha Senkopanabar. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Torabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. People are already voting with their wallets. And financial services are not immune to this. It's just people are just starting to to wake up to the fact, as you said, it takes time to understand our U.S. financial system. And they're just waking up to the fact that where they bank matters. Welcome to So Money, everybody. I'm Farnoosh Tarabi. Thank you for joining us for day two of our Cost of Climate Change series. We have lots more in store for you at CNET.com, where my team and I have been spending the last couple of months talking to experts, researchers, thought leaders, scientists about how climate change is changing the way that we spend, save, earn, invest, Today's show focuses on the importance of banking sustainably. Now, when it comes to making an impact with our money, what do we think about? We think about you know shifting our shopping dollars, our spend to support the change that we seek in the world, whether it's banning plastics, supporting minority-owned businesses, boycotting retailers that may be unkind to their workers. We did an episode earlier this year on how one activist is banning Amazon. And of course, how and where we collectively spend matters and it does deserve attention. But what about where we save our money? Where we bank? Total cash deposits at all commercial banks in this country currently exceed $17 trillion. But did you know that if you have a checking or savings account with a major U.S. bank, that your deposits may be used to finance large-scale climate-unfriendly projects? A Rainforest Action Network study finds that the world's biggest financial institutions have been key financiers of fossil fuel projects to the tune of $3.8 trillion since 2016, and that was after the Paris Climate Agreement. So where we bank matters, and today our guest is offering an alternative to the marketplace. Geetha Sankapanavar is the founder of Rally Us, a neo-bank that vows to use customer deposits to invest exclusively in ESG, environmental, social, and governance-friendly issues. Things like decarbonization, affordable housing, empowering women and minorities, The company just launched in September, but hopes to draw $500 million in deposits during its first year of business. Really enjoyed this conversation. I think you will too. You can learn more about Rallyus at joinrallyus.com, R-A-L-L-I-U-S.com. Here's Geetha Sankapanavar. Geetha Sankopanavar, welcome to So Money. It is such a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you, Farnoosh. It's so great to be here. I have just learned about Rallyus, uh, and well, for good reason. It just launched uh, about 30 days ago or so. Uh, this is a brand new offering in the banking world as more consumers uh, want to, quote unquote, bank 
better. Maybe we should start there and kind of define how Rallyus, and I love it's Rally Us actually, is differentiating itself in the world of banking and uh, what brought you here? Sure. Like many Americans, I had a deep emotional reaction to the systemic inequality that was so starkly amplified during COVID. And it got me thinking about how we can really initiate change. How can we move beyond having conversations about inequality to taking action to create a more sustainable, inclusive, and just world for all? Because we have to take action now. And uh, you've talked about it in a number of your, of your podcasts. And one of the best ways to create systemic change is to change how money flows, to whom it flows, and, and what it funds. And, and Farnoosh, this is, this is deeply personal to me. Um, as a woman of color who came from poverty and who has worked in financial services for two and a half decades, I've raised capital from some of the largest investors in the world. I've taken two companies public and I've earned my way from the bottom to, to a seat at the, the head of the table. And what I have learned along the way is that how money flows matters. It matters to create the positive change we want to see in the world. And so Rallyus was created to give people for the first time the choice to safely deposit their money in a place where it'll be used for one purpose, fueling positive social change. The problem with traditional banking systems is they are not responding to what average people are experiencing and what they, what they value. Pe- people often don't know how banks actually make money. And if you have a checking account or a savings account, it doesn't just sit there behind a vault. Uh, Banks actually utilize your money and loan it out to companies and people as they see fit. And so a big share of your money right now, um, probably over 40% is being used by banks to finance industries that might not align with your values and with where you want your money to go. Industries that are killing the planet and the people who live here, extractive industries, companies that solely support shareholders, not all stakeholders, companies that don't uh, support reflecting the diversity of our communities or human rights. And with $17 trillion today on bank balance sheets, this is record levels of cash, Think about the effect of 40% plus of that to finance industries that are fueling climate change, racial inequality, and other harmful activities. And so we created Rallyus to give people what they want, which is that uh, alignment with their own values and to support what they value and what they care about. It used to be and still is what we evaluate a bank account for, you know, what's the interest rate? What are the fees? Is it convenient? Can I get a good mobile app to go with it? What evidence are you seeing from the consumer marketplace, from the depositor marketplace that proves the thesis that this is the future of banking? This is what we want. Uh, Great question. Um, Right now, Americans, about 60% of Americans consider climate change a major threat. And 71% of Americans believe that companies have more responsibility than ever to address social issues. And so banking at its most fundamental level is a commodity service with high switching costs. It, that it just takes a while to, to move. It just, it's a little bit harder to move. But what we are doing and what we're seeing is that by actually aligning 
their dollar with the causes at, that, that people care about, it is starting to drive a desire for impact. And, and, and to answer your question specifically, we're seeing uptake. We're seeing nonprofits, corporates, foundations, people who are already very mission-driven coming to us and saying they want to bank ESG. I think right now, customers haven't really thought about how how their actions are impacted or how they should bank. But we are in this generational culture shift that is already reshaping the lives, the attitudes, and the behaviors of consumers and driving commercial change. People are already taking action in so many other areas of their life. They are affirming who they are and and are connecting with their own sense of self and values through their behaviors, their purchases, and aligning themselves with organizations that, that reflect their own values. Key takeaway here is people people are already voting with their wallets and financial mm-hmm. services are not immune to this. It's just people are just starting to, to wake up to the fact, as you said, it takes time to understand our U.S. financial system. And they're just waking up to the fact that where they bank matters. One of the issues with impact investing and even the idea of ESG, which is environmental, social, and governance, uh, those components are very important to investors as they want to make an impact with their with their money. They want companies that model you know good behavior in these three buckets. That it, there is no, there's not a lot of transparency, and we sort of are currently just leaving it up to the sort of portfolio managers to vet these companies on the behalf of investors. And I think they're doing a decent job, but sometimes. Sometimes things fall through the cracks and sometimes you may think you're investing in a company that's aligned with what you what you as the investor perceive as ESG, but maybe there's a different methodology on the other end of it. What tell us about some of the investments that Rallius is you know, contributing to with depositor dollars and how the bank, those who are banking with you can see this. This is very this is important to you. I know transparency is key. It is. And uh, the answer to that is is actually very, very simple. We have a set of core values that guide all of our actions as a company, including where we invest and where we lend. And our mission at Rally Us is to create a more sustainable, inclusive, and just world for all. So we only support companies and people that are, yes, good investments from a risk perspective, but they must also contribute to either decarbonization, fighting systemic inequality, or accelerating social impact in some way. I'll give you two examples. We are, we are right now uh, financing solar installations, home solar installations. So an average American home with solar panels on the top offsets about five tons of carbon per year. That's almost about 20% plus or minus of an American's carbon footprint. Another example is we are financing affordable home building in communities that due to racial segregation have not yet had access to the American dream of owning your own home and building equity, which has been the single biggest cause of wealth creation and wealth transfer to the next generation since World War II, one of the biggest causes since World War II. And so in this one, we're partnered with uh, Rotary Milwaukee and a number of the the community foundations in Milwaukee to help accelerate dollars into communities that have historically been predominantly um, Black or Latino and just have not had access to the same financial services that somebody in a white community may have had access to. 
in trying to determine these investments, what is the, you know, the thinking? Because there are so many issues, right? There are so many potential opportunities. How did you land on these particular areas of focus? I think it's a starting point and it perfectly, um, these, these two areas are a starting point that perfectly align with our core values as individuals and as a company and as a management team that came together to build this. So that's, that's why we started there. But over time, people are accelerating. Companies are accelerating. We're seeing every day companies coming up with new ways to reduce uh, water usage, waste usage, plastics usage, um, and to convert what used to be historical waste into positive, uh, useful products and services. So I have been investing in this space for for more than four years. Um, I've been a huge proponent of the circular economy or sustainability, which I drive, which I define as this intersection of water, waste, clean power, and agriculture. Because until you think about all of these things in together, you can't look at each of these as, uh, as, uh, as separate. And um, social impact is a piece that was added on, as I'd mentioned in the beginning, that was added on just because of this emotional reaction to the systemic inequalities that COVID unearthed that still exist in the United States today. I'm on board with this, you know, but I, I think there's part of me and I think um, listeners may be feeling this too, is that, you know, where we bank, it's important. And, you know, we want to make sure that, you know, we're banking sustainably, but the bigger banks are offering things that some of the smaller digital only banks and including Rallyus have yet to offer things like, you know, home loans and business loans and become, being the sort of all encompassing financial services outlet. So, is it realistic to take all of your money and all of and think that all of your banking needs can be met by the way the digital banks are currently being run, you know, or do you sort of keep a toe in each kind of an institution? What's your advice for somebody who does want to make the shift but also wants to do it responsibly? I think that is such an important question. This is complementary right now. This is um, you you would bank with a rally us because you care about these issues, but you would not stop um, still working with maybe broader services for multiple people. Today already, we are starting to see a split as access to information becomes more prevalent. We are able to search for so quickly who has the best mortgage rates for us, right? Who has the best deposit rates for us, the best savings account, the investments that we want to be part of, the, the cheapest direct trading platforms. So already we are seeing this break up in our usage of financial services from one big mega bank to almost a highly decentralized finding what you want at the best cost with the best return with the best outcome for you as an individual from multiple companies. In this case, thinking about uh, investing your money or banking ESG or banking sustainably, this is complementary because this is this is at the start of a massive trend that I think is only going to accelerate. And this is a trend of not just people, but corporates also over the next decades having to think more about just shareholder value and they have to think about broader stakeholder value. And so what I would tell your 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 listeners, uh, Farnoosh, is that 
think about your, just like as you think about your mortgage at one bank or your investments at one firm, think about us as your impact vehicle. Um, mm-hmm. And do not break up with everything at this stage. You know, someone who cares passionately about climate change may decide not to fly a plane or to become vegan or to limit their water usage. But you can, what they may not know is that you can actually have a greater environmental impact just by changing how you bank, just by having your deposit dollars in an institution that's just committed to sustainability. Are you confident that the bigger banks will shift their investment strategy that maybe in time we won't have to exit from these banks because they're actually doing the good work that Rallyus is doing? I hope so. I really hope so. I think traditional banks are starting to wake up and are starting to embrace ESG and impact, but, but it will take time. And it is not easy to make that shift. It's kind of thinking about the soup, moving the super tanker or container ship versus the little speedboat. Right now, banks are having some of their most profitable periods ever. And a lot of banking institutions make a lot of money off of vulnerable Americans. We, we've seen traditional banks collect almost $12 billion in overdraft fees during COVID. Today, there are 23,000 payday loan lenders because of those that are being supported because of those overdraft fees. And so as you think about that balance of stakeholder and shareholder, it is one thing to to want to do something, um, but it is it takes a lot of time to shift that that Queen Mary and consumers are not waiting uh, there's $24 trillion being transferred right now to the millennial generation over the next decade that um, will be now in their control. And they have already started to shift their behaviors to support companies that they care about that reflect their values back to them. And so I, I think we're going to see uh, companies like Rally Us go from the margin to the mainstream faster then we are going to see the large traditional banks evolve and transform within a period of time. But they are going to do it. They're going to have to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're going to have to. And, and thank you for reminding us, Geetha, about the great transfer of wealth. I mean, that is an, a story that is only now starting to really surface. And I think in years to come, it's going to take over a lot. of. It's going to be the underpinning of, I think, so many changes and shifts we're going to see in the financial services world, where people are putting their money, the changes. I mean, it's going to be, I think it's going to be really exciting. I, I agree with you, Farnoosh. You talked about wallet activism in one of your past episodes. And that is exactly how we feel. You know, Rallyus is an example of how you can align your, your values with your money, whether you are buying from Black-owned businesses, whether you are supporting women-owned businesses, whether you are choosing to buy products from companies that care about their waste and sustainability and carbon footprint. This is just one more amplifier mm-hmm. of how to create that focus and that alignment with your values. So tell me a little bit about you, Geetha. You've been working in financial services for a long time. Was it always through this lens of social justice, this determination to marry these these two forces of financial health and wellness with um, a social justice mission? Have you always been mission driven? What, what, tell us the backstory. Sure. So, so I come from poverty 
And as a result of that, for the first you know, 15 years of my life, I just worked because I had to, I had to pay bills. I had to, to make sure that I could support myself and, and help my family who came to the United States to build a better world for themselves and their children and uh, for all of us. And so because of that, I have three core values that have always underpinned what I did, but I reflected those values in my nonprofit life, not in my for-profit life. In my for-profit life, it was about um, making sure that I could be, create that sustainable life um, and take care of, of myself and my family. But in my nonprofit life, those values have been manifested since, since I was in high school. First core value is I think education changes the trajectory of people's lives. Um, as it changed mine, as it changed my family's. I was lucky enough that I was able to go to MIT and my, and because of that, the trajectory of my life and what I was able to do changed. So now I try and support education, financial literacy in any way I can. I, I serve as the chair of the Board of Governors for a university up here in Calgary called the uh, University of Calgary. And I'm the first person of color uh, to chair. And it's a, so that's one of the ways I express uh, that. And I do a lot of work with the Loran Foundation as well to help build community leaders. Second core value is I care deeply about helping the world's most vulnerable. Um, again, as my family was helped and uh, as I was helped throughout my life and I am all UNICEF all the time. So I've served for six years on the board. I've served in their women's giving circles, dominantly around maternal and child health care globally. And then my third core value is around accelerating women and racialized minorities, because it is different. It is different when you are a person of color or who has a name that is unpronounceable, or if you don't speak English perfectly, your experience in the world that we live in here is different when you walk into a, not just a bank, but a store or any place that you choose to go, any room of people in professional services. And so I've always worked to do that both in my community and with anybody who comes into my circle. And with Rallyus, it's been an incredible opportunity to merge what I have learned for the last two and a half decades in financial services and the success that has been created over that time, merging that and those relationships and networks into my nonprofit uh, work and values and be just so purpose-driven and wake up every day to, to live our mission to build a more sustainable, inclusive, and just world for all. So that's a bit of my backstory. It's always such a, a heartwarming thing to meet somebody who came from poverty, who's now on the other side of it, but hasn't forgotten the lessons and the, the work ethic and just everything, all that adversity and just bringing it into your life today as, uh, as assets. And um, was there any conversation about money growing up? Or is there, you know... What you talked about how things like education and financial literacy are important to you because of your upbringing, specifically about money and maybe how to manage it or how to think about it. Were there any things that your parents modeled or actually shared with you? The primary conversation about money was we didn't have it. <laughs> and so, uh, and so um, you know, my, my parents raised a family of five on $19,000 a year. So my mom truly, truly scrimped and budgeted to be able to manage a uh, lifestyle. If you have, have you, if you have, do, have you ever had, do you have, you've had Indian food, right? Farnoosh? Of course. Yeah. Have you ever had banana peel curry? 
<laughs> that is a creative recipe. No, I have yeah. not. So, so my mom was so banana peel, not banana curry, banana peel, banana curry. peel curry. Uh, my, my mom was so conscientious about ensuring that there was no waste in the household because of the budget that she was managing. That we've had that. I hate banana peel curry, but it was. Uh, well, I love that because she could have just you know gone to the grocery store and gotten something super cheap you know, manufactured, engineered, uh, and said she stuck with the ethnic food that was true to your culture and, but, you know, put her spin on it. Put her spin on it. So, so I think, um, it's really hard for an immigrant family to understand and navigate the financial complexities of the American financial system. And so where we learned about, uh, money and how to use it, was my my dad was a professor and he got uh, support from um, as he was a PhD student and then and then uh, an adjunct professor and then associate professor as he went through the, the the ranks he just he asked for help he was so he he wanted to build this better life for his family and he understood that there was a massive knowledge gap so he just talked to everybody and asked for help. How do you do this? How do you buy a home? How do you save money? Where do you do? And he just took that advice. And I think that that openness and that willingness to whoever you meet, anyone you talk to, to ask, how do they do what they are doing is so crucial. And and, and a podcast like this, where you are sharing uh, different perspectives and you're modeling um, and, and that literacy uh, people need accessibility and options because current current systems are not accessible nor nor simple, and so and so one of the things that um, um, I've learned from that is to talk to everybody. So and women often don't do this. When you get a, a bunch of guys together, they will often talk about what they invest in, where they are investing, uh, how much money from their paycheck are they putting towards that, how are they thinking about a home, who is the best mortgage uh, player. They will have that conversation. When you get a bunch of uh, women together, the same group of smart, capable women, women will always save more money, but they the the the, the world of investing can be scary and un, uncertain and unknowing. And if you don't have time, because women are often busier, um, that if you don't have time to understand and learn, how do you do it? And so for me, I didn't learn that um, in my house. I learned how to live within my means, but I also learned how to ask people for knowledge and to search out that knowledge from, from multiple people um, that come into my orbit and to seek that and to listen. At the time, we didn't have podcasts like this one, but to search for that knowledge in ways that we, wherever we could find it. And so... Yeah. That, that's the lessons that I learned. And that has allowed me to, to manage my own financial well-being and health. It is just as important as your mental health. Brilliant. And important advice that anybody can follow. Anybody can ask questions. We are all capable of opening our mouths and releasing what is on our minds. I do it for a living, so <laughs> I know it can work. Geetha Sankapanavar, thank you so much for your contributions to our world and such a fascinating conversation. I look forward to having you back. Thank you so much, Farnoosh. Appreciate you rallying with us to here today. Thank you. Yes. Go to join rallyus, R-A-L-L-I-U-S.com to learn more. Thanks again to Geetha for joining us. Rally Us. If you'd like to learn more, go to join rallyus.com. 
Stick around. Our Cost of Climate Change series continues on Friday. We answer your questions about how climate change should be informing your investment decisions and how to take action. Our co-host is Georgia Lee Hussey, co-founder of Modernist Financial. That's on Friday. See you back here. In the meantime, I hope your day is so money. 